In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. This is Access Atlanta. Every week, we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And, of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison, and as you might suspect, we've changed the way we do our podcast. That means we're recording it remotely from our homes, but we've also changed what we're doing for the podcast. Since we've always prided ourselves on providing guidance on things to do in and around Atlanta, and because most venues, theaters, and attractions are closed, we're going indoors and, in some cases, where it's practical, outdoors to places where it's easy to practice social distancing. Today, we're taking a look at some places where you can no longer go inside. Restaurants are among the hardest-hit businesses in our current shelter-in-place reality, but they're also some of the most tenacious and creative in keeping their businesses afloat. Since restaurants have changed the way they do business, the AJC's dining team has too. And here to talk about how chefs, restaurant owners, and the AJC are navigating this new dining landscape is our food and dining editor, Lagaya Figueres. Welcome. Hello, Shane. How are you? I'm great. And you? Ooh, that's a... A loaded question. <laughs> uh, like everybody else, I'm figuring things out. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole new world for us out there. And I know restaurants are, are really, some of them are struggling. Some of them are, you know, rising to the challenge, changing the way they do things. And uh, you've been uh, looking at lots of that lately. No, absolutely. I mean, I was every restaurant is is, is struggling and, and it's a challenge for every single one of them, whether it's a restaurant. I mean, they've had to make so many hard choices. You know, um, we have restaurants who have um, temporarily closed and some that are still uh, with their doors open, but their business model has had to change and they're doing the, uh, you know, takeout and delivery thing in order to um, survive because nobody can eat in their dining rooms or on their patios. Just to give you some perspective, Shane, in terms of um, statistics, you know, dollar figures and numbers here, Georgia restaurants, they were on track to generate about $25 billion in revenue in 2020 before all of this hit. And I think the other thing to remember, too, is that there are 300,000 people who work for restaurants in Metro Atlanta, and most of them are out of work right now. So we really are in a, a crisis moment for, um, for restaurants. So I think especially those hardest hit have been 
independently owned restaurants. You know, across the country, there are 500,000 independent restaurants and they contribute close to $1 trillion to the economy. So um, when you think about your favorite, say your neighborhood restaurant, that mom and pop place or the, you know, um, the one run by, just opened, say, by an immigrant around the corner. Those are the independent restaurants that we're talking about, not just celebrity chef restaurants. And um, and they've been heavily hit around the country as well as um, in every facet of uh, greater Atlanta. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's so interesting that, that you know, places that don't normally do takeout, there are plenty who always have, but then, you know, now we have plenty of fine dining places actually doing takeout as well, which is probably quite a challenge for them. Right. That's right. I mean, imagine that you have to change your business model overnight if you want to stay afloat. Restaurants that are, you know, say upper echelon are set up for a sit-down full-service experience. And now all of a sudden, you know, they've got to scramble and figure out how to, um, you know, do what, say, pizza delivery uh, models had been doing for a very long time. And so putting those systems in place, it can, um, it can take a little bit. They're adapting and, and, you know, I'm talking to so many, uh, restaurant owners who are, um, shifting to the takeout, who have shifted to the takeout and delivery model. And, um, it's every day they're getting better at it and more efficient and, and learning as they go. So they're, uh, they're showing a great deal of resiliency. The question of course is going to be how long can they do this? Right. Yeah. And, and how long will they have to do this? That's right. That's right. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about though what um, what we've learned here and some of the ways that my dining team um, has adapted to the current situation. You know, obviously we uh, used to do restaurant reviews, and that's no longer um, feasible nor appropriate. And um, so instead, what we've done is begin a new series. It's called Atlanta Orders In, and um, Every weekday, we go somewhere new um, in Metro Atlanta to to a place that's still operating to learn about, you know, how they're adapting and then order something either as um, takeout or, or, or delivery. Um, and we've gone, you know, throughout the the greater Atlanta area. I've been up at Seaway Beve, which is an Italian place in Sandy Springs. Um, my fellow dining critic, Wendell Brock, was down at Busy Bee Cafe um, the other week. Snackbox Bistro in Doraville, we've been able to cover um, Peachtree Corners. Taqueria Del Mar is a Mexican restaurant there. Um, I just spoke to the folks at Arnett's Chop Shop the other day and was just uh, right before you and I are talking, I was on the phone with um, Andre Gomez from Porchlight Latin Kitchen over in Smyrna. Um, That's just a few of them. We're in week three now of this. I'm proud of our team in terms of how nimble that we have um, had to adapt, the changes that we've made to our own coverage in order to to really um, bring to Atlanta diners. I mean, we are a 
dining community. We, Atlanta loves to eat. And so we're still trying to um, um, provide our readers with information about if you want to support restaurants and you want to um, do takeout or delivery, these are some of your options. And then we do online have um, a file that we've continued to update daily of which restaurants are still operating and um, you know what they're offering and what their hours are. So right. hopefully the folks are, are finding that to be a good resource. Many restaurants who started with a to-go model uh, trying to keep business going uh, are not doing it anymore. I guess some, some places have faced too much difficulty in, in changing their model, I suppose. Well, yeah, and that's part of the the, the reason. Um, another would be simply as, um, you know, safety precautions. I mean, there's a fear of... Um, are, am I able to to keep my staff safe? Um, and are we, you know, is it safe for our customers? And in some cases, they really, it's come down to almost like a moral choice for some folks. And if they just don't feel like, if it's just monumental to do this, um, you know, they, they they have called it quits. I will tell you that um, a couple weeks ago, I want to say, the folks over at um, Junior's Pizza in Summerhill, they ended up uh, closing down because they did have um, signage in their store about the safety protocols that they needed their customers to take. And folks were violating those. And ultimately, it was like, you know, this is just this is too difficult for us. And, and the responsibility... Um, is it, it was just too great. So they ended up shutting down, and that was really unfortunate. Um, but I will say that for ones who have stayed open, it's also been interesting, some of the innovations. So it's like they shifted into takeout, and they can do that. If they didn't offer delivery before, some of them, um, rather than use third-party services, which you know takes a fair cut of that thin margin, um, have attempted to get back, get into the delivery game by hiring um, their own staff. Well, they don't hire their staff, but um, by asking whoever, you know, uh, let's say a server or someone can be a driver, then they can use those tips. from, they can offer the delivery and the, the, the drivers get to, to use the tips and in some cases it might go into a tip pool and you know be shared among um, unemployed. When I was speaking with the uh, folks from Arnett's Chop Shop, which is in Brookhaven, and that's the word of mouth group, for their um, uh, Pizzeria Vero, they were actually, and, and um, Valenza and Haven is the, the third one, they're right in a cluster on Dresden Drive. They've actually um, been able to use their valet driver. So, so you know, when you typically would drive up um, to some of these places that offer valet services, those are the guys who are now turned into delivery drivers. Um, And then they're getting creative with other things in terms of opening up their kitchens, looking at their pantry, their inventory, and saying, okay, let's turn ourselves into a commissary, which is also what Arnett's has done. Um, and some other places too, you know, basically you become this almost general store mercantile thing. And so, um, if folks aren't going to go to the grocery store or they don't want to, you know, maybe you can get, um, a dozen eggs or some dairy or whatever. And I mean, it's, it's a lot of creative thinking of how do we keep the cash coming in? How do we keep the lights on? Because in some cases, some of them, they say, as soon as I shut these lights, me getting back on my feet is going to be harder than ever. So, right. 
Yeah, I know that some of the places near me have. It's like some of them are are working as as sort of drop off places for um, CSA type things. They're you know bringing in uh, so that helps bring in people. And I mean, it's interesting that I find some of the restaurants actually sell out of the the to go items that you know because they all do special menus pretty much because they're not going to do their full menu but sometimes they'll announce on facebook that they're sold out for the day and and that's it and you know that's great that people are supporting um you know these local businesses trying to keep them on their feet oh absolutely i mean the restaurant owners are so grateful for the um support that their communities are showing them right now is really touching and it's actually something that's really keeping them going day in and, and day out. And as I mentioned when I was talking on the phone with Andre Gomez from Porchlight this morning, one of the things that he told me was their takeout is based on, first of all, they're only doing takeout. They're asking people to come to, to the restaurant to do the pickup. But, um, and they, they only operate Wednesdays through Saturdays, they'll put their, um, their menu up by 11 in the morning and people need to call within, uh, say, like a two-hour range. Let's say it's like 1, 2 to, to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They only have, they have a limited amount of, of what's available. And then they give folks a specific a time window to pick it up and it's going to be between five and seven, but they'll say to you like, you know, Shane, Hey, can you get your order at five thirty? So they're actually doing something really smart, which is almost this takeout version of a reservation, which also helps keep the flow going. So you don't get slammed when everybody wants to get something at say six o'clock at night. And that's also enabling um, much better control of of people and social distancing. Uh, but again, they've been selling out, and um, it helps him to keep his. You know, um, he doesn't he doesn't have any food going to waste. And every day, it's really based on the inventory that he can get from distributors. So he's able to continuously move his product because he's limited the amount of um, of orders he can handle. And he's been pretty smart, I'd say, about the menu, and that is not offering the full menu, but simply really keeping it simple to say like four or five proteins, a few sides, you know, and then some batched cocktails. Yeah, I know it's like one of one of the local restaurants here near me has been doing, you know, short, small menu, you know, like three entrees, that sort of thing. And it's great. I, I love that they're keeping their pricing. It's like they sort of change their pricing. It's it's actually a little less than you would pay if you were sitting there in the restaurant. Um, it is. Although, you know, I would say one of the things that's slightly disheartening to me is what I'm seeing on social media, people being like, oh, this is a great deal from this restaurant or this is a great deal. Um, I would hope that um, and uh, that folks, when they are buying, are remembering that the tipping is really critical right now and it's really well appreciated. What's happening with those tips is oftentimes those are going into a pool that is being um, then either spent um, shared, it, it goes into this sort of like general emergency fund pool shared among those who are on temporary unemployment. 
Um, so in most instances, uh, restaurants have not at all been able to bring back their full staff. If they're operating, you know, maybe it's like, you know, half the staff or whatnot. And at that staff, they don't have their typical shifts. I mean, maybe they're working 15 to 20 hours a week. So generous tipping is, um, is highly appreciated. And while it, something might look like a quote unquote deal, if so, if if folks who are doing takeout and delivery and supporting these places have the means, adding extra to the, you know, to the pot is is right. greatly appreciated. Well, right that's now. the great thing. It's like because you're getting, you know, a better price there, you can afford to tip and help support these local businesses and and the employees that you know will will need to keep a job. Right. Right. And I mean, yeah, I think that the other question here going forward, too, is um, again and again, I I I listen to these uh, restaurant owners talk about it's not just today, that question of what is the new normal now every every day is something different. And, and, you know, it's a situation that's changing so rapidly and they have to sort of, you know, just roll with it. But that question of when we get back to, quote, normal, what is that normal going to look like and when how will people feel what will it take for them to be comfortable to once again sit down in those dining rooms um that's a question that a lot of uh, restaurant owners are struggling with yeah it's yeah it's it's so many unknowns that that uh you know moving forward we're just gonna have to see how that goes and i mean the the thing is it's there were restaurants that when this hit had just opened or right you know it's it's i worry for for businesses that really hadn't even gotten on their feet yet Right. Well, you know, there's a great example would be um, uh, Jarrett Steber over at um, Little Bear in Summerhill. He had only been open for right. two weeks uh, before all of this hit, and he was really forced to scramble. Um, they did it. I mean, that's like a, you know, they have a, that's a tasty menu. And the poor guy, he started as a pop-up, and it's kind of been um, an opening that we were really excited about. In fact, of course, he was on our review list. And, uh, you know, that's on pause. And instead... Um, he's turned, you know, himself into a, a you know, a, a takeout place. Um, he got creative with it too. He's still doing the tasting menu type thing, but they're just packaging it up as a tasting menu for two for you to enjoy at home. So there's some creativity going on there. But you know, that's a 30 seat restaurant. It's a small staff anyway. But um, yeah, you know, you pour your heart and soul into a concept. You try to get it up and running, and wham, this hits you. You know. Right. I love the way he's doing it, though. He, like you said, he's getting creative about it and it's like each week there's a you know he's visiting a new part of the world through cuisine and and it's you know it's fun the anticipation of well what's he going to do next it's it's great right and we should even mention which types of cuisines he's doing it's it's kind of like a um coronavirus around the world each week he's focusing on a different cuisine um whose uh nations have been really greatly affected by the coronavirus so you know he was going to be doing some chinese one week and then um you know, one week I know he had Italian planned and he said, of course, we're going to be doing the USA. Um, so, you know, maybe that's a little tongue in cheek, but I think it's more a um, just a, a nod and a respect and 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 kind of a bit of humanity in pouring that into um, into cooking. And, you know, I guess I should also mention, too, as you as I talk with these people. 
the pain that they're feeling is so great because what they're do what they love to do is to cook for people and um and it and and see them and see them in their dining rooms and they know faces and that kind of thing so um a lot of them one of one reason why they just want to keep on cooking and keep their restaurants open is it because it gives them something to do and sort of um, a purpose right now. So, um, so you've been um, doing this um, the way that the AJC is doing with Atlanta orders in. You've been doing this for a few weeks now. Um, yeah, we're in week three already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's got to be such an unusual. Uh, it's such a change from the way that you've always done things. It's. Uh, uh, it, it is a change. Well, I think that um, you know internally people don't probably realize. Uh, what it takes in terms of restaurant review planning, you know, those are something that we would know uh, kind of a few months out who, who is um, on our, who we're planning to, to review. And then you go through all of the, you know, the research and the visits, that kind of thing. And then when you're all finished, you know, you're doing your fact, you've wrote, you've fact check information, you send it, you get a, a photography assignment in there and we go take photos and then you labor over your story because every adjective, every modifier matters and, and you really hope that you've captured um, you know, an experience, a dining experience and from start to finish those can take three weeks. So Atlanta Orders In is uh, interesting because you know, we're flipping these in a day. Uh, so, so it's different. It's a, it's a different, uh, yeah, it's, it's just different storytelling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but I think it's gone really well and I I think they're fascinating stories and, and it's great to, to hear these stories about how these people adapt, uh, to this, uh, new reality that we're living through. Right. No, for real. And, uh, you know, it's interesting too. And we think about, um, we had to quickly put this together and the question was, all right, what sort of template are we going to follow? Which questions should we ask? What is the key information? Just like when somebody would read a restaurant review and we have very basic information, what we call a text box, you know, like, um, you know, what's the price point or what are its hours of operation? What are some of the recommended dishes? And for us, it was like, okay, well, what are the key, key elements? And, um, 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 you know, I've learned that people really do want to know about safety issues. They want to we they want to know what's new. So it, we as we're realizing they're doing different creative things. Okay, here's the exciting part or the reason to order. You know, from this place, critical is how do I place my order? Where do I find this menu? Um, the hours of operation are highly important because some places are say only operating maybe four days a week. Others are are are, are daily. And uh, yeah, that's been interesting to finally get in a groove and figure out. All right, this is this is the information we need to to share with readers. And, you know, I'd say our readers have been um, really both um, supportive and flexible um, about our reporting. And as long as we've been pretty um, straightforward with them explaining all of the changes, um, they're sort of in it with us, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, another thing I wanted to mention, it's like now – um, some of these restaurants can actually do uh, to-go cocktails as well. Yes, now is a fine time to have a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> 
no, or batch cocktail or whatever. Right. Yes, they are. Well, I mean, they have inventory and right. they are selling it. Um, a lot of them at retail price, at the price that they pay. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's something, uh, it's more cash in the coffer for them. And uh, folks who don't want to, you know, make a run to the grocery store or, you know, their package liquor store or whatever, you can just, uh, you know, add that mm, bottle of wine or six pack of beer or one of their batched cocktails and, and, and bring that home. So, yeah, I think restaurants are doing their best to, to feed us and to, um, to give us drink. And, and they really do realize that right now, um, food is, is comfort and, and they're absolutely, um, comforting us with in the best way that they can well that's awesome i think that's a great way to end this and um thank you so much lagaya for talking about this and thank you for keeping us up to date on the creative local dining scene and what they're doing in this new reality it is my pleasure be safe and healthy shane thank you you too Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word, AJC.com slash indictment newsletter.